Hey, Mike. How's it going? Good, Frank. Good to see you. Same here, man. How are you, my friend? I am doing fabulous. Good week? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's always a good week. You know, it's only Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Start the week. week. Yeah, Kick, the week just started. Right? Kicking things off right. Yeah, yeah, it is kicking off right. I'm excited for uh, this week's episode. Yeah, me too. We're going to be talking about Dr. Bruce Lipton. Yeah, Dr. Bruce Lipton. Yeah. Uh, Frank, why don't you give us a little background about... Mr. Uh, or excuse me, Doctor Bruce. Well, he, he was my next door neighbor. No. <laughs> <laughs> known him for years. Yeah, known him for Great years. guy. Great yeah. guy. No, actually, yeah, because uh, so he's one of the first, um, for me anyway, uh, one of the first di- doctors. He's a biologist um, explaining the spiritual world, where I've, I've read other people talking about this stuff, and it always, um, I always found it curious. But he was the first one that really for me anyway, applied the science into it and actually laid it out. So when I read his book, uh, The Biology of Belief, I was like, wow. I knew something was there. I didn't understand half of it, you know, because I think I read it. Why, more like doctor type of lingo or like? Yeah, but no, he did an amazing job, though, um, uh, making it to where the average person, he brought it down to the layman term. He's really good at explaining stuff. He's a highly intelligent person, but... He's very good at explaining stuff to the layman aspect of it. No, like he actually explained the biology really, really well. But it was just, <clears throat> it was nothing I've ever heard. Um, so it's always you always look at the study of of biology or study of physics is based on um, like Newtonian physics, you know, trying to have matter over matter. And he's talking about energy is what's creating the matter. So I was like, wow, this is interesting. So it peaked a very how far back did he go? Um, what do you mean? How far back? Like, I mean, when was he studying this? Oh, he himself. So, from what I understand, it was like in 1968. I think he was, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, he is when he was starting to study, uh, actually stem cell research in the lab. He was one of like a handful of people. So, from what I heard, from what I'm, if I hopefully I get this right, he would take the take cells and put them in a petri dish, and he started understanding is. If you put different information in each petri dish, even though the the cells were identical, he put like information in this one and information in this one. He had several petri dishes, and all of a sudden the re- the cells started responding differently. So, in this case, the information might be in a, uh, bone, this one, uh, muscle tissue, and all of a sudden those cells would then replicate the the muscle tissue, then the bone tissue. So he's realizing what's actually creating the cell the envi- is the environment. Uh, not the other way around. So, see, that's what I love. Before, that, yeah, before we jumped into this episode, or before when we were talking about uh, Bruce Lipton, I mean, I've watched Bruce Lipton now for a while just because of his relationship with Greg Braden, you know, and, um, uh, Doctor Joe Dispenza. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But um, the when I looked into epigenetics, what it kind of explained to me was okay. So, um, epi epi means above, and so epigenetics is um, the field above the yeah, genetic the has effect yeah, like an epidermis yep is, there yeah, you go yeah. has the effect and so what he has been able to scientifically prove you know is um there are outside forces having effect on our genetics and so like our dna our our genes uh what we're born with we often think oh i've got the cancer gene i'm screwed you know this runs in my family <clears throat> and and that's not true well what's interesting is how i come to see this because when they go into a deeper into understanding. So when you look at um, nature versus nurture, 
Well, nature is you getting your biological material or your DNA from your parents. And, um, but what else do your parents give you and your grandparents give you? They also give you beliefs. So nature and nurture, you actually, to some degree, when you look at it deeply, they're the same. And what I mean is how you believe creates your nurture or your environment. And nature is then what you come in with, the material you come with. We do come in with these uh, information where we can overturn it, we can change it. Like I think there's like five, I think they say two to five percent of people come in with uh, genetic um, diseases. That uh, and they don't get as far as saying you know how quickly someone can change that, but there is belief that can happen. So that means uh, 95 to 98 percent of us that occur some type of disease, we actually create it through our behaviors, our beliefs, our environment. We create it. But even the parents, our grandparents, were the ones who taught us the belief. Our parents taught us the belief. So when they teach us how to believe, our belief then signals the protein, which then uh, changes the genetic makeup and then actually starts happening. And then as we start to further understand even now, how we feel creates an electromagnetic field. So the field is what's informing the epi aspect of it, is informing the cells. But the cells themselves are informing the field it's the other way around they're reacting to the field they're reacting field yeah exactly so now that we understand they're this, affected by the force yeah. by the field the yeah. force around them. exactly and so and this is what i'm getting from like i i hope i got this you know right um obviously we're going to show a couple clips of him talking about yeah. it but this is how i look at it and even the other people i study but for him he's a scientist a biologist behind a lot of what people are actually talking about his information, like even talk about epigenetics, obviously epigenetics, I think the phrase was coined back, or the understanding of it was in 1942. Okay. But even that, it was back, it was based off of ideas and concepts from the 1700s. Oh, really? Yeah, but then when Bruce came along, he was actually experimenting with it and seeing it and actually doing, and then he would do these experiments, and every time they would work out. It wasn't like hit or miss. It was working out. So he then evolved the understanding of putting epigenetics into play into action so where he actually had the data to back it yeah, up yeah yeah it wasn't it wasn't him just talking about it in a philosophical question it was the, da the data and actually when you read his book uh, biology of belief what i like about him he doesn't just talk about biology he talks about the history of philosophy which philosophy is the 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 start of all science mm -hmm. so then you know you have philosophy then you have to then prove what you what you're talking about is going to work so he actually gets into history, he's, you know, his history into that stuff and gets to the point where we are right now. See, that's awesome. But the cool thing is it never ends. Once you think this is, we're done here, that's when you realize, okay, once you say, all right, there's no more to learn here, that's when you have to laugh because we, we know very little and that's how it's designed because if we know too much, we're done, you know? And that's if true. you're done, you, there's no more curiosity, no more curiosity, there's no reason to get out of bed. No reason to continue this thing. And some people, <laughs> some people feel that way. And what it is is they only read the uh, forward in the book. They think the book's done. I'm like, no, that was the forward. That wasn't even, well, that, that's that wasn't totally even the intro. And a lot of people don't even get beyond the context of the, of the book before they, ah, the book's over. I'm like, no, no, keep going. Flip the pages. As people begin to become more and more comfortable with these concepts, too, it, you, um, you, you see that um, 
there is no end. Um, in fact, you know that you know it's it's a constant growth. It, it's it's a forever moving you know yeah. um, type of experience. And so, like as we kind of get into these concepts and as we uh, they soak in you know to our subconscious mind and we begin to practice them and experience them, um, there is no um, being done with this level. No, you not, know? no, not at all. Actually. We're coming upon the age and we're, we're starting to really immerse ourselves in these concepts, in these practices. <clears throat> and what we do is when, once we immerse ourselves and realize they actually work, that's when chapter one begins, not ends. Exactly. That's when the book, so to so begins. So like right now, even personally, <clears throat> I'm like intellectually, um, like, yeah, this stuff works. <clears throat> but do I inherently or do I habitually always act on it no i still have these days like oh shit and then i realize okay that's that's the old programming yeah it's like me looking at the real wind uh you know the rear view mirror as i'm driving down the freeway it's probably not a healthy thing to do exactly but i'm aware of what i'm doing i'm like i realize there is nothing behind me i need to focus on i need to focus in front of me and imagine you know 20 30 years ago you would have stayed looking in that rear view the entire time you drove to work. Oh, I did, you know? actually. Well, yeah, we all did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's why my neck was stiff. <laughs> <laughs> I had a stiff neck for a while. But, but yeah. that, like, that is so true. I just, uh, yeah, I actually looked in the rear view mirror and had my middle finger up half the time. You yeah. know? So I was like, <laughs> that's how most people are going dr- driving through life right my now. My middle finger was up because everyone honking at me because I was looking in the rear view mirror. So saying, why doesn't this work, you yeah. know? Why yeah. why can't I drive straight? You know, yeah. because we're always looking behind us. And we're what happens is looking to the future. The reason we continue with the uh, matter over matter type of world, this three D world, is because most of the time I was looking in the rear view mirror, but periodically I would look at the windshield, and when I did, it worked. So I I marked that up as like sometimes I'm lucky. Yeah, that's what know? we all do. Or yeah. or I might have been like, okay, I'm okay. When I noticed things were working out, I'm like, okay. Um, this is what happened that day, and then superstition kicks in. It's like I wore that red shirt, so put that red shirt on and drive this way to work, and yeah. don't talk to that person. And all of a sudden, it's like the superstition. But I'm like, no, that's not really w- why that occurred. It's because you were focused, you were aware, you were conscious. And you see this, like you know, with uh, like game day rituals and stuff like that. You yeah. know, people, oh, I got to wear this shirt. I can't wash it. You know, I got to do this hat, wear it backwards, and do yeah. this dance at the you know second half. And it'll get me into that you know, state. You know, that that's it. And to some degree, I still do that, but I do it in a more uh, conscious way. So when I sit down to meditate in the morning, it's the same thing. Meditation at some level probably in humanity, will be all walking meditation. We'll be so conscious that we wouldn't have to go home and sit down in the dark and become familiar with a feeling. We'll be walking all day with that familiar feeling, which the word meditation means. But right now, um, because I get distracted, because the way I was programmed and allowed myself to be programmed, with not blaming anybody, it's just how it is, or overcoming the programs and not... Not to set new programs, but to stay conscious. If I'm conscious, you don't need a program. That's the thing. What yeah. we're what Bruce Lipton in this video that we're about to you know go into too. He's talking about letting the programs fall away. Yeah, he's not you know. Yeah, but in in the interim of it, yeah, learn uh, beliefs that are more um, conducive to your life, that are more uh, positive in your life. So we can replace old beliefs with new beliefs. But in the beginning, start with that. Then from at some point. It's almost like uh, if you have full access to the internet, 
uh, on your phone or whatever. You don't need to store anything on the phone and waste up the energy on the phone. I like how you just said that because that's a great point. <clears throat> so like for me personally on my journey, when I started to learn these concepts and, and understand that I had been programmed since birth, you know, to, to live in the society a certain way, to have these cultural beliefs, etc., I had to rewrite the program. So I had to put new programming in, you know, yeah. starting with um, uh, health, security, wealth, abundance, you know, all these types of feelings that I wanted to experience. I just realized, oh, wow, you know, the reason I'm not experiencing these is because I have never allowed my program to experience them. Yeah. I must put them in the system, put them in the computer in order to experience it. And I watched as this worked. I watched as this worked with my, my business, uh, my, my family, friends, you name it. I, I watched as this created a sense of harmony within my life. Yeah. And then as you start to see that, it's, it's like seeing the, the game from above. You're like, wow, I went from this old programming to this new programming. And you kind of take this step back and you're like, I can allow all the programming to fall away. Yeah, because even, even the new programming you replace um, will eventually, um, if you don't let go of that, it will eventually uh, slow you down and hinder you. And that's where the pain becomes. <clears throat> Again, yeah. So it's like walking this fine line of using it to get where you need to and then leveling up. Yeah, exactly. And then one day, you know, one day, you know, well, I have days like this, but, um, and they just appear where I don't go off my program. I just, I'm fully conscious. And anyway, I say days, it's probably like 10 minutes in the day that it happens. Hey, that's a, um, but nonetheless, that's like a having a, a program that's more uh, positive output is suggested in the interim of doing this. But I believe we're, we come here to, just like technology right now, like one day you won't have to store anything. Like there's companies out there that years ago they had like, you know, buildings full of, uh, you know, computers storing their information. Now it's cloud-based. So... They don't need to store it. It's, it's, they can access it any time they want. It's just hanging out there. So when we stay conscious, we can access it anything we want at that time. But um, if I'm not conscious, I'm, I have beliefs, which is nothing wrong with that, but I didn't have to store it on my phone. and be like, oh, give me a second. Let me pull that up on my phone. Oh, here's that quote I wrote down in my notes. Well, those notes are stored. But yet, if I want to learn something else, I could just go on to uh, a server and, um, you know, go to like Google or whatever and hit something and it's already laying there. Like I didn't have to store it. I didn't have to waste the energy in my phone. One of the things that like um, also that relates to, you know, this concept, you know, of the reprogramming, the programming. So like these these people out there, you know, the um, uh, what's that guy's name? Like the Tony Robbins and and. and people like that, you know, these motivational, these self-help, you know, gurus, these types, um, they are teaching you how to reprogram. That is what they are doing. Um, this reprogramming is a skill set to have you, to have you experience a better three-dimensional reality, um, to increase your, your skill level on this plane. Yeah. And what Frank and I want you to know are there are so many planes above this. And once you kind of learn this type of skill set of how to, how this works and what you're doing, you elevate. And, and yeah, it, it's cool. But until you go through this aspect, like, again, this is part of the, yeah, the this dance. Is part of it, understanding it's, what you are, how it works. Yeah, I just want people to see like that that this is surface level to what can be achieved in and experienced. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but and, and again, it's part of the experience. It's not to override it. It's this is why we're here. 
we're here to over you know overcome um distractions um in the in this three to wor- uh, three dimensional world which is duality yeah so everything has you know what what's up must down, down you know you know so as we start to understand the physics of this three dimensional world we can then um pull in information from other dimensions in order to navigate this world better yeah um at, or i should say better greater and uh and and was and actually collectively we're starting to do that you know <clears throat> you know watch the news and there's stuff going on in the world right now, you know, now that no one's talking about COVID because everyone's talking about what's happening with Russia and the Ukraine. And But you're seeing less people getting pulled in by it um, right now because more people are waking up and more people are easily connected to each other. And as we connect, we create a completely different field and um, we all know what the field does to the particle. That's it. Yeah, so... And, uh, well, let's kick it off. Yeah, let's play a clip from... Uh, uh, this is uh, one of Bruce Lipton's... Um, it's kind of a mashup, but uh, this is something I thought was, was kind of cool because the title of it is Reprogramming the Mind. And so it, it's a very quick clip, but it gives you... It, there's a lot of great information in it. All so right. I figured we'd jump in, watch a few minutes of this one, and uh, we got a, a couple clips for you guys today. <clears throat> let's check it out. 95% of our life is coming from the programs of how to live life that we get in the first seven years of life. And that's why poor people stay poor and rich people stay rich. The movie The Matrix is not science fiction. It's a documentary. Every human, and it's a fact, every human first seven years is download a hypnosis. The brain of a child under seven is in a lower vibrational frequency. When you put wires on a person's head, you read electroencephalograph, reading brain activity. A child below seven has a lower vibration than consciousness. It's called theta. Theta is imagination. Oh, that's how kids play a tea party with mud pies. But to them, it's a real thing. A kid rides a broom, it's a horse. That's theta, imagination. Theta is also hypnosis. And the idea is this, before you can become conscious, if you don't have any programs, what are you gonna be conscious of? So nature makes the first seven years. What kind of programs are required to live on this planet? I say, how do you get them? Theta is hypnosis. You just watch, you watch your parents, you watch your siblings and your community because you have to learn how many hundred thousand rules, think about it. Just to be a functional member of a family and a functional member of a community, there are rules. Teach an infant these rules. You don't have to. First seven years, they just observe it and just download it. And then I say, why is it relevant? Because this is the unfortunate fact. 95% of our life comes from those programs in the subconscious. Every day, only about 5% of the life are you using conscious, which is creative. 5%. And you don't see it because it's called subconscious, below conscious. And the Jesuits, for 400 years, they were boasting. People didn't understand. They say, Give me a child until it's seven and I will show you the man. They've been saying that for 400 years because they knew seven years was the program period. And 95% of your life after that will be whatever that program is. A child isn't functioning in consciousness until after seven. Before seven is direct record. Whatever you just said, I just recorded it. So if the parent gets mad at the child and says, you don't deserve that, you don't deserve this, go. The child is not consciously understanding what you mean. Child's just recorded, I do not deserve. Now, if I hear that several times, especially in an emotional situation, because that downloads it faster, and now I'm 40, 50 years old, what is my behavior 95% of the time? And the answer is, well, it comes from the program. I do not deserve. Well, that means unconsciously, I will sabotage myself to make sure that the program is correct. I'm making the program true by adjusting the behavior to meet the program. 
Look, this is not new. I mean, there's a famous book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And basically said, you come from a poor family and you could struggle your whole life and try to get rich, but you're not going to make it. And if you come from a rich family, you could be stupid your whole life and make it. Not because it was thinking, but it was unconscious behavior that was downloaded from rich families into kids, which is unconscious. So they're, they're making the right moves unconsciously. If they engage their conscious mind, then they look stupid, but it's unconscious. And that's the same thing with poor people. Poor people have beliefs from the family. Oh, you can't make it. Life's a struggle. Things are hard. Who do you think you are? And if that's the program you get, then 95% of the day, you will sabotage yourself. And that's why poor people stay poor and rich people stay rich, because the programming. Yeah, so true. I know. I, I love that clip. It, it touched on a bunch of good stuff. Yeah, but now we're at the awareness. So, you know, obviously Bruce Lipton talk about and the other people out there talk about this. So it's about changing the program. And in the beginning, there is this inertia or this discomfort, right? But now we start to learn, actually, when you're conscious, when you're consciously moving to the unknown, it's going to create um, discomfort. But when you consciously do it, that discomfort actually is an upgrade. Where if you're unwilling to do it, uh, discomfort could be a downgrade. So you can't force somebody into anything. Um, you have to, and that's why it's not our job to tell someone what to do. It's our job to do it. So when I learned a new concept, I would do this years ago. I'd read a book. I'm like, oh, this is great. I know somebody can use this information. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, that's definitely meanwhile how it, it was works. me who needs the information. <clears throat> and um, I've gotten extremely better at this where, <clears throat> excuse me, when I, when I gather information, I'm like, wow, all of a sudden, and because we get something, we innately want to share it. But the only way I could truly share something is to be it. And what's happening is, what I'm learning to do is when I actually enact it. So if beginning it's a philosophy, oh, it sounds good. I can, and I'll talk about it. And talking about it helps me then develop a practice of it. But when I start practicing it, and then I actually start developing outward experiences of it, all of a sudden, I don't even need to bring it up with somebody. If someone's like, hey, I've noticed this, i noticed that. And they're like, yeah. So people always go up to successful people. How do you become successful? Well, they didn't come up to them when they were 10. They came up to them when they were successful. And then from there, you know, a, a highly successful person will say, well, I was once in your shoes. So right there, it, it lets them know that you're not doing anything wrong. I just, I'm showing you how to look at it differently. And, you know, the show is called Perspective Shift. When you shift your perspective, everything changes. That's it. Yeah. I, I, I love that because, like, um, I don't know, um, you, you go up to somebody and, you know, you talk to these different wealthy people. Uh, there was this book written once by a gentleman named Napoleon Hill called Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. And in that book, he went and interviewed some of the most wealthy families are in our country, you know, and he did this right for, I think over a span of 10 or 20 years. Yeah. He spent a lot of time with Carnegie and yeah. Yeah. I mean the Ford family, yeah. like yeah. the big, big names, yeah. you know, Rothschild, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. And the one and only thing every single one of these people agreed on was, um, what you think about, <clears throat> excuse me, what you think about is what you become. Yeah. And that is so powerful because it truly is the dialogue that you are having with yourself is, um, giving you the experience that you are calling reality. Yeah. So if you're not enjoying what you're experiencing, you need to look at how you're talking to yourself. How are you talking to yourself? What are you saying in your in your in between these ears? You know, what's going on in that head? Because that's what this is getting at with Bruce Lipton. Um that's what uh 
the uh, Napoleon Hill was getting at with Think and Grow Rich. We are setting a uh, boundary or a box inside our heads and saying, okay, this is how this is. And we, we have the ability to go in and rearrange or reprogram these thoughts so we are not talking so negatively to ourselves day in, day out. Then, in turn, our reality begins to change, like yeah. Frank was saying. Now, for, for some people, so like people hear this all the time. And they're like, well, how do I do that? Well, you have to come to real, realization who we are. We are nothing but actors on this, uh, stepping into this play. And if we could separate from the persona who we are, we, to put a slight distance between them, we can then change the persona. But if you think you are the persona, if you think you are the program, you can't change the program. It's That's where recorded. 95% of people are. Yeah, you aren't the program. You're just running the program. So if you people are like, well, I, I am that. I'm like, no, you aren't that. You're actually running that. You're acting that. That's, you know, when someone's acting up, you're acting like this, you're acting like that. It's not you are that. You're acting like that. Same thing with experience. When yeah. people experience, you know, pain, struggle, and they think they are that. I this is my person. I, you know, I was I, I they associate only with the body and mind. And so they associate so heavily with their thoughts that it's hard for them to detach from the thought and become an observer of the thought. Because when you're an observer of the thought, you can see, oh wow, I don't have to connect through that i don't have to i am not the thought i am not that experience you witness the thought you witness the experience and that changes the whole dynamic of how you interpret it, uh, the experience and how you interpret the sensations well yeah when you step back because actually when you shift it into a new experience then you're actually experiencing experience so like a great actor will step back and you know this movie's over going to another one step back and read a play but then they have to immerse themselves back into it but at, at a deeper level, they know they aren't that role, but they have to immerse themselves in the role. So it's not about just sitting back and thinking about the experience in your head. It's actually enacting it. So when I enact it, I'm actually feeling it. It's coming, the frequency and the, the, um, the, the electromagnetic field that's surrounding me is informed with the, with the persona I took on. So if you have a persona you don't like, if it's one of disease, you realize you can step out of that change it and go back into the one of health and experience health so you are actually having that but when i notice i don't like the way this feels like well um that's when the director says cut take five step back let's regroup go in let's change the character on this let's go in a different direction okay and action then you go back into it so we want to immerse ourselves into it but we also we have this guidance system us it's called emotions energy emotion and I don't have to, no one, everyone knows when they feel good and everyone knows when they don't feel good. And if you don't feel good, cut, take five, meditate, whatever you have to do, then go back in action. So it I, really is that simple. Yeah, and I, we trip ourselves yeah. up by saying, no, it's not that, that it's yeah. not that simple. I, we, we second guess our bodies and our feelings and our sensations all the time. Yeah. And we say, oh, you know this is normal, I shouldn't feel this way, and we try to get through a situation, and it always turns out like shit. Yeah. Well, a great actor will step onto the set already in action. So when I wake up in the morning, Mike does the same thing. Before I enter out into the day, I take care of this. So when I step out into the world, I'm already in the character. I don't just 
drift out into the street and let the people tell me what character I am. That's what, but I've done that in the past. I would go to work and let people know what character I was, and I respond and I react to it. Now, because I chose the character, I'm now responding. I'm in a responsible place, the ability to respond. There's a powerful quote. I, I might be butchering it, but it's like, um, if you don't know who you are and you step out in the world, the world will tell you who you are. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's truth. Yeah, it is true. You know, if you're not consciously aware that you are creating this experience and you go out, you're now looking in the outside for them to tell you how you should feel, how yeah. you should act, what type of person you are. And this is this is not where you want to be. And, and most of us experience that. So they realize that is not a um, that is we have no control over that. But what we do have control of is the ability to choose the character in which I want to enact in the day, in the moment which I'm in. And then no matter what happens in the outside world, because I don't have control over the outside world, but my character response can respond the way I direct it rather than getting feedback and re, um, getting reactive. I'm now responsive. Yeah, if it's raining out, my character knows what to do in the rain. If it's sunny out, my character knows. If there's some something going wrong with my business, my my character knows what to do to eradicate it. But if my character was like, oh, I wasn't ready for that, I'm like... <laughs> You know, now you're now you're reacting, and all of a sudden, you know, cut, go back. At least I know now to say cut and go I'm like I'll be back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go back in the room. I'll bang shit around. <laughs> <laughs> so a uh, a big reason that I I chose this clip too. So I um, personally am uh, Jesuit educated. That that's where I, I, the high school I went to. Um, I was taught by priests. I was taught, you know, uh, by Jesuits. Jesuits is a is a branch of Catholicism, and um, they're, they're like kind of the like liberals. yeah, they're kind of like they're, the yeah, they're kind of like the liberals of Catholicism. I like to call them the the badasses of Catholicism. I like to call them uh, you know the people that necessarily didn't bend to just any. Um, order or they were they were the ones who questioned what was going on, you know, well, even they, within the church. Uh, yeah. Again, what they did is they practice what they preached. There you go. A lot of people don't. A lot of people just talk about it, but don't actually in, it, uh, do it. So in, in, so like that meant a lot to me. So that's what a Jesuit is. It's a it's a branch of Catholicism, et cetera. Um, we're not here to talk about religion by any means. Um, you know, we're here to talk about consciousness. So but these are all stepping stones to consciousness. That's what religion is. So this uh, the, the Jesuits that Bruce Lipton references here, he says, give me the man for seven years. Or give me the man, of, yeah, or give me the boy for seven years and I'll show you the man or whatever. Yeah. It, give me the child and I'll show you the man. Um, I remember being taught this in high school. I remember that phrase being heavily driven into us. Yeah. And at the time, I didn't know what it meant, but I remember it coming up in my ethics classes and I remember learning about this. Um, looking back at this, how powerful that is, um, is so cool to me because it, it's true. It's like they knew from a very early age that this this beginning stage of life was crucial to the person um, and how they, they, I don't want to say turn out, but the person they grow to be or grow into and become, you know, uh, later on in life. And so to see this going back 400 years, it's very cool because uh, it's um, it gives us the ability to look at what Bruce Lipton is talking about and knowing this uh, has some uh, not only a science but something that has been in play for hundreds and hundreds of years. And yeah, and what the, what they really know. So it's not we're not telling everyone they should go uh, send your kids to Jesuits. No, no, no. What they, not what at they all. understood is uh, from 
pretty much it's uh, around two years old to about seven years old, so or say birth to seven. Um, children are in that theta state, so they're very programmable. Well, so, let's explain what the theta state is real quick. Yeah, so it's just a low low vibrating frequency in the brain. So you're actually it's a brainwave. It's a brainwave. Yeah, and um, so obviously, obviously beta. Right now, me and Mike are in like a low beta probably. Right, I'm just having a nice conversation. We're not going to have to study anything afterwards. An active mind. Yeah, but we're is not. Beta. Yeah, um, if you're worrying, you're in a high beta. Um, if I knew we, if Mike was going to test me on everything we talked about today, I'd probably go into mid beta. But theta is where I start to gain information into uh you're learning. absorbing yeah you're absorbing information so but the thing is not only the jesuits in this uh, every advertising company in the world knows this they're programming us but when you're conscious you can simply break the program like so you know people like and a lot of people talk about this now oh my god we're being programmed we've always been programmed everyone since the beginning of time people do this because they, you were told to this um you know you talk about ethics who taught you the ethics so you're like, oh, yeah, this is familiar, so this must be right, all right? I'm not saying it's wrong, but you will program that ethic understanding. Exactly. But there is something innate in every human being that goes way beyond the programming, and it's the, this understanding of um, efficiency and knowing what works. And when actually we get into the field that we call collaboration, collective collaboration, you get wave interference, but it's actually constructive, but we get into a lot of times we're actually battling against each other stuff. We get into a wave pattern that's deconstructive. So that's where wars start, right? Mm -hmm. So once we start understanding, we become conscious, you can shift to a different wavelength. And when you do this, you actually, everyone knows this, we get these higher levels. All you want to do is give and collaborate, not compete. So that's what we're getting at right now. So we actually start to choose a different persona and you start to understand the physics of the world. I'm not talking about the program. I'm talking about the actual physics of why this works. All of a sudden, as we start to integrate with one another, me and Mike integrate and create a show, and you guys listening in is expanding it, and other people, we keep expanding it. All of a sudden, the field starts to grow strong, and then everyone gets consumed in the field. The field is what governs us. That is the point. And if we start to understand this, we go even beyond the programming. Yeah, I understood why they did. People did that, but they they knew what they knew. They were the Jesuits were programmed to program us. Yep. The advertising agents were uh, programmed to program us. I'm not here to blame. I'm not a victim anymore. Based off of that, I got to mention something about your program statement because I just read this and it was so cool. Was somebody who, who they were uh, they worked for the BBC, you know that British news network. Yeah. So they talked about how they were uh, during the news cycle. They tried to introduce this type of news that became interactive. And so it gave people viewing at home the ability to interact with the news. So if something came up, it, like a box in the corner of the screen would say, um, to learn more about this subject, click here. Or for more knowledge on this or to hear the other you know, uh, perspective on this, click here. <clears throat> It tanked so badly, and nobody wanted to be involved with, like, learning more. People don't want to click and learn more. People want to absorb. And so what we realize, like Frank said, when we sit down to watch TV or watch a show or watch the news, we sit back in a lower brainwave state, and we absorb. And so we like when so you watch Fox News or CNN, all you're doing is absorbing 
<laughs> that what, information. What you, yeah. It's not true. Either side is not true. Well, the, what, what's yeah. coming? <laughs> there, no, it's you're going to find the truth very much so more in the middle, and yeah. we all know this. And everybody you talk to what, what is honestly more so in the middle. But it's very funny how we we act like we're uh, learning or we're researching when in fact we are just absorbing. Yeah. And then regurgitating, yeah. doing the exact same thing we've done uh, since, you know, zero to seven when we took in information from our parents, from our family, uh, you know, um, teachers, etc. We regurgitate and that's why we act the way we do. It is all a program. And I just thought that yeah. was so interesting well, that when yeah. you sit there and watch television like this has been proven. Yeah. And that's so. So a guy like Bruce Lipton doesn't watch uh BBC to find out about biology. He goes to a laboratory and does it. And so, like, even me and Mike, as you learn these concepts, I don't just read about them. We actually enact them. We just, me and Mike are just talking about our experiences. And my experience can be different than anyone's out there. But And it is. Yeah, we just feature it. But we all live in different worlds. So, if I want to get information, I don't go, because to me, the, the news is a third party system. I'm like, so someone's talking about. Uh, biology. I want to go to the biologist that actually discovered this, and then they'll tell me that uh, they studied this one. And also, I, I go down that thread. I want to go right to where it started. I don't want to get the third, third party information. Even like what me and Mike are talking about here. I'm like, by all means, you want to know about Bruce Lipton? We're just featuring him. You're not going to learn a lot about him by me and Mike talking about him. Go study the man. Go read his book. Go look at, you know, he's got a ton of videos and stuff. That's why we do this. We encourage that. Yeah, we encourage it. But if you just listen to us and then run out and say, oh, I like this guy. This is true. (laughs) Yeah, like, no, no, we're we're barely touching on the tip of what Bruce Lipton. Then we're CNN and Fox News. Yeah, exactly. So we don't want you. So get out of the theater state and be conscious. No, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we we have another clip. Yeah, we we do. Should we jump into that one? Yep. All right. Then I'll give you this most wonderful quote. I used it the other day in a lecture from Albert Einstein. And the quote is so important. Here's the quote. The field, so a a definition, the field is the invisible energy. Right now you're in a field, there's cell phone broadcast, television, radio broadcast, all kinds of information coming across. But guess what? Each one of you is a broadcast in that field. The quote, the field is the sole governing agency of the particle. Particle is the material realm. So what was Einstein saying? It's the energy in the field that shapes the physical experience of our lives. And if enough of us collectively have an energy that's coherent and strong and we broadcast the belief, we change the world. I just want you to recognize as much as I wanted peace in the world, if not enough people are out there saying, let's have peace in the world, there is no peace. If I want to say, let's have a war, how can you have a war? You have to have enough people convinced that the war is going to benefit them so that their broadcast say, yes, let's have a war because I and my colleagues, we're all going to have a better result from that. And the reality is this. The only things that change on this planet collectively are when we collectively share thoughts. And yoga, when you're in your postures, when you're in your process, your mind is sharing a thought, not just in your head, but all around you. So the whole idea about this is we have to recognize we are collectively 
creating reality with our thoughts. And if we want to change reality, it can change instantly. The moment we become coherent, the moment we collectively are on the same platform of thinking, you get enough people to say peace, there will be peace instantly in this world. But we've been programmed by other people to give them the power to tell us what we need. And as Sadhviji has been telling us so importantly, what we need is not what they tell us, what we need is what we know. Yeah, so I love what he says here. <clears throat> so, also I've heard him talk about this, he didn't talk about in this clip, <clears throat> that the field is the sole governed agency of the particle. And so the situation, the physical world is the particle. So right now, we're all facing this world and um, you know, COVID's coming to an end. <laughs> Because the media says so. <laughs> well, yeah. And and I bring this up. I'm just bringing this up lightly, <clears throat> just a little bit. It's not to focus on. But unless you've been living on the rock, you know what's going on in the Ukraine with Russia. Now, you're starting to see kickback. I don't really watch news. I, I keep informed about this stuff. But when we actually get into a field of peace, like I personally do it, and then I find myself into a field of collective people. The field of peace, one of um, collaboration, is, is constructive. But uh, a field of negativity, because you can have that field too, is deconstructive. So for people out there listening, if you stay in that state of peace, you have more weight than a million people in negative, unless you get pulled into it. So we don't need 51% of people to be in this positive place in order for the war to end. It doesn't. You don't need that. You just need a small percentage. And if you don't think that, you get scared and fall into it. And I've talked to people about this. Like, yeah, I believe this will work, but what happens if too many people are against it? And then I feel all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, you're actually getting sucked into that field right now. Hold and maintain your field. And I tell people this. When we maintain this field of knowing, and even if the war does happen, I now know I have to up that field. I have to keep going. This is a continuous game. But there's no reason we have to suffer. I think, I feel we're at this place. I'm definitely in this field since the last time there was a war. And I'm maintaining it and I'm encouraging other people to maintain it. Go in there. Go look for the world. And when you look at whoever, you look at Putin, pray for Putin. Pray for him to, when I say pray for him, look at him one day of waking up in the morning and says, what am I doing? And change it. That's how you do it. But by hating him, you're falling into the prey of what he wants. So, again, if you have to disassociate from Putin, by all means do it. We know this. The Russian people don't want this, just like the Ukraine people won't want this. Absolutely not. Peace is in us. It's who we are. It's not something we have to strive for. But we seldom are burying with fear. And with fear, we're buried with fear. All of a sudden, that's the field that governs us. So what field do you want to govern you this day? What field do you want the populace to govern? Become, become the change in which you want to see. That's the truth. What field do you, you, each individual has their part. Become that. Get away from fear, get into peace. Because peace and fear can't exist at the same time. I like how Frank brought up, you know, peace uh, is our, um, essentially, our most natural state. That, that is, is our most natural state, is love. And so to be outside of that um, does feel uncomfortable, and it's for a reason. It's because it's not natural. Um, 
do you remember the we were talking i think like last week about um the Sadhguru and the the guy talking about the war and stuff do you remember what he was saying about the war uh just about like um Oh, he's a, he was a soldier. Oh, the soldier. I had, yeah, it's not nothing about this war. It was in the past. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought that would apply kind of to this, and I love that. Yeah, Sadhguru was actually doing a conference, and one of the uh, the participants got up to ask a question, and uh, he was like very apologetic. He's like, hey, I feel really bad about what I did. And he goes, well, what is he doing? He's, he was a soldier. And he goes, you were just doing your job. And he's like, what? He goes, if I was doing my job better or greater, you wouldn't need to do your job. And that's what it is. We all have a job here. And I look at my job is maintaining peace in, in my life and maintaining peace around me in a field. And if that if war comes out of this, I then have to upgrade my peace. I take responsibility personally. I don't feel bad about it. I just kind of I realize I have to do more work at this piece. There's, there's not enough energy I can get to my heart to say I'm full. Like, there's always, my heart keeps opening up a little bit more every day. But when I focus on that, and that was Sadhguru was pretty much telling the guy, it's not your fault, it's my fault. Because if I did my job and spread peace around this world, you wouldn't have to enact your job. You're just doing your job because of what happened. So it's a very tricky thing about war. Because at a certain level, there is benevolence in a soldier. They're doing it because... You know, if I was sitting in there, someone asked me, like, oh, you're, you're such peace. What happens if someone threw a punch at you? I'm like, I would duck. <laughs> I would duck. And then I would try to contain the person. I'm not going to sit there and take it. Then I have to ask my question, how did I get into that state where I was being punched? That's it. But in the time when I'm there, I don't just sit back and do anything. So, But I want to do it benevolent. I want to de- um, decimate the person. I would just contain them. All right? There might have been a point where I would try to hurt them back. But now I just try to contain them. But then I have to ask my question, how did I get in a situation where someone threw a punch at me? And that's the question I ask myself. I'm not even asking anyone to ask that question. It's a question, a personal question. But the soldiers that are soldiering today, in a lot of cases, are benevolent. benevolent. Mm -hmm. They don't want to do it. But if they don't, it'll get worse. But if we actually sit there, the people who claim to be meditators and prayers, if you sit there and hold without fear, the soldier won't have to soldier. They won't. So we have to... And that's the field. That's the field. We actually have to generate this field because they don't want to do it. The particle can only respond to the field was what Einstein was saying. And so us knowing the field, we are the field. We we give the weight. We're we're directed. We're solidifying solidifying this matter. Well, how I feel generates an electromagnetic field. And the field is government agent of the particle, soul government agent of the particle. So just like um, I've heard stuff like this where like kids get in a riled and all of a sudden they start damaging um, property and stuff and, and then the mom gets on. It's like, my son would never do that. Yeah, individually they wouldn't, but they got sucked into the field of destruction. This is a well-known phenomenon. They it call is. it, what do they call that? Mob rule. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Right? But once, but if you're conscious, you know to walk away from that mob. If you're conscious, you only choose what we call a constructive field. Not a, but if you're actually um, unconscious, you can fall into either one. Just because you're unconscious doesn't mean your life is going to turn out bad. But if you're unconscious, you get sucked into the field in which you're near. So when you're conscious, you choose the field. When you're unconscious, whatever field, whatever wind blows your way is where you go. 
So I, it's a time to stop being conscious and choose the field of peace. I want to give a couple examples of the field um, for you guys. Just that isn't just like a war scenario, et cetera. So he, here's a like a couple different examples of of the field. Okay, so think about like Christmas time or a holiday. Um, what it feels like during during that month or the days leading up to Christmas, and you can feel this collective energy of happiness, joy. Um, and some you know, people feel stress. Absolutely, stress. <laughs> you know, that's part of the consumer yeah. you know society time. that we live in. You yeah. know, and so there are these collective ideas that we that we pick up on. Same thing with like um, Friday night, like Friday. Everybody feels a Friday. Why? Yeah. Because it's a collective consciousness. We are the field. So people on Friday, why do we love Fridays? Ah, oh, it's the weekend, right? Yeah. Well, every day could be Friday if we had a collective consciousness feeling about well, this we, experience. If we individually had the consciousness. Correct. So Friday is a unconscious um, field. Well, Friday is nothing. It's what we are putting. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's unconscious. So yep. all of a sudden you feel better on Friday. And if you consciously say, why didn't I feel better on Tuesday or Thursday? It's like, well, because of Friday. It's a program. That's and it. All programs are su uh, in the subconscious. Yep. When we become conscious, you wouldn't worry if it was Friday or Monday. It would be the same. But this field, this this field, the, the, this collective conscious, this I, these ideas, they govern what turns into matter. Um, here's another one. Um, homosexuality. Up until about, what, 20 years ago, homosexuals were looked at as a different type of person. Uh, 30, 40, 50 years ago, they thought it was a disease. They tried to cure people. The church to this day still talks about homosexuality in a way that um, uh, is not something that should be recognized. Yeah. That is completely false. And you can see it in the collective consciousness around us. Now, today, you tell somebody that you, you know, you're gay or you got a gay uncle or a gay cousin or whatever, it's extremely normal and accepted. But 20, 30 years ago, our parents, you know, and the parents before that, it was an entirely different um, feeling or sense. And yeah. that's because the field has changed. And so now but uh, there's, these there's perceptions still, yeah, change. This, and that's the thing. So an individual. So there might be um, people out there, homosexual in the gay community, that don't feel. And so they then can govern their own field. So they're not always accepted. And the thing is, is when you don't feel accepted, you find yourself in a field of non-acceptance. Again, it's not to blame the victim. We're not here to do that. We're here to get people out of it. When you're conscious, there is no victimization. When you're unconscious, there is. And that's why when people are unconscious, it takes the benevolence to actually help them out. So it's not about saying, oh, the reason you're having these problems is because you're unconscious. No, that would be... That would, I would be unconscious for saying that statement. So as we look around, and if I'm in a conscious state and I see someone unconscious, I want to take care of them. It's kind of almost how we talked about, you know, you don't tell someone living on the street their their intellect is creating their their um, lack their lack of life. You go up to them and put your arm around them and tell you love them or whatever comfort level you're at. But you don't try to uh, intellectualize with them. You save that for somebody that's on the fence. It's just different dimensions so in our society we like to say this or that and it's not it's this and that there's so many variables so we gotta we got to be conscious of this so there are people that are feeling still to this day that they're disassociated disenfranchised and they are but when we actually show how to move up to other levels to where 
when you step up here, because we all want to, we all want to feel that I don't care what anyone thinks about me. I'm going to live my life. There's T-shirts, bumper stickers, coffee mugs that say this, but how many people are actually living that? All right. So what we're trying to do is trying to shut people up from stop saying that. And I'm like, oh, we can do that, and we're we're starting to do that. But all to say at the same time, going to a higher level, and we're all there. No one even would even think of that. Are we there yet as a society? No. Um, individually, I get there most days. Sometimes I fall into the prey of the stupidity and the uh, ignorance. Uh, the ignorance. But when I'm up here, I don't see anyone different. Yes, I recognize people's character traits. I'm not blind. But I don't judge them from that standpoint. I want to get to know them. I want to go to their place and see... And it's it's not even for me. I'm like, I can help that person. That's ignorant. As soon as we measure something or judge something, yeah. we limit ourselves. Yes. We define ourselves. If I sit here and I judge Frank, I'm defining my character. Yeah. I am not defining Frank's character. Yeah. So I try to say that. So when I see somebody, I don't say, oh, that person has a problem. I'm like, I don't know if they have a problem. But I can then go in. It, and it's not even me helping them. You know, because... Who am I to help? I'm just encouraging to have the ability to perceive what it is you want to perceive and then own it and live by it. Um, that's the practice I'm working on. And I'm contingency working on it. It's not there every day. It's ask Karen. <laughs> <laughs> but the, <laughs> that, that's, that's the thing, you know, it yeah. is, is this is all that that growing experience. It is. We're all we're all in this together. Right. We're all in the same boat, as we say. Um, and one we're actually understanding in the physics with the quantum field. So in Newtonian physics, we're just banging matter around, matter around. We're seeing, okay, if I throw this, this falls over. I'm like, oh, I've now I have control over some matter thing. And this is what called, you know, this is how we try to control matter. So Newtonian physics taught us how to control matter. But we didn't come here to control matter. We came here to work within the field of matter. Newtonian physics is a spec. A spec. It's all true. We're not saying Newtonian physics isn't true. You know, you drop this cup, it's going to hit the you know the table, whatever. Yeah, but We're why not, are you dropping the cup? Is the question. Th- this is the up. thing. This is this tiny little bit of this quantum physics hole. It is this Newtonian physics? Well, without without the field of energy, which is where um, quantum physics come from, quantum mechanics come, there wouldn't be a cup to drop. But you can't see it. So at the subatomic particles, there's something going on. And what's going on? Well, we're realizing how we feel, how we're pulling in my thoughts and stuff, have response, actually have uh, minion over those things. And as we get better at this, like the, the understanding of what we call the avatar, we can become. But I am I'm nowhere near an avatar. The only control I feel I have right now is if something's happening, I can choose a more constructive response to it rather than deconstructive um, response. There will be moments I'm you know, moving towards, but at the same time, I'm in the present moment. I accept exactly where I am as being perfect because I don't know, you know, I know there's higher levels, but now just, just knowing that I have the ability to perceive differently, even though something else similar has happened that happened in the past, and I can choose to do something that's more, um, like I said, constructive, preferential. Uh, preferential. 
that's all I need at this moment. That's it. See, I love that too, too, because Frank's so right. Anything can happen in this field, right? And outside of us, you know, it, it is what it is. The only thing you can control truly is, is within. Yeah. And, and you have that ability 100% of the time. So, yes, you may not be able to control what's going on outside of you at times. But as you become better and working with yourself, you'll see the outside world start to work with you and your feelings more and your collective consciousness more. But every time you have the ability to look at how you're going to experience that. And so if you're looking at something from a, a unfortunate or a negative perspective, that is solely on you. Yeah. And this needs to click. And when this clicks, life will change for you. But everything is your responsibility. And what, what, why this is so special is if everything is your responsibility and you have the choice to look at this, this also means you are the solution. You are the solution to everything. Yeah. And so if I'm the problem to everything, then I am the solution to everything. Yeah. You now have all answers. That's it. And that's what we're looking for. Yeah, that's it. And so I highly recommend this book called The Biology of Belief. And actually, Bruce Lipton goes into um, the science and what's happening to the cells and everything else. And when you actually know what's happening and you remain conscious, you wouldn't do anything differently. So again... Check out his book. It's a brilliant book. It's very, uh, even if you're not a biologist or science uh, major or into science, this is a very layman's way of explaining it. It simplifies. It brings it down to um, how we can apply this to a life and change a life and change the world we live in. Literally change the world we live in. Yeah. Yeah, guys. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Doctor, Like Frank was just saying, Dr. Bruce Lipton breaks us down into a very digestible way. Very. You know, yeah. and it's something that we can relate to, we can see, and just the examples that he uses, like Frank mentioned, throughout history, you know, it allows your mind to connect and the dots, essentially, and go, ah, it's like a big aha moment, like, wow, you know, all this makes so much sense. They've been talking about this for millennia. Yeah. yeah. And so, guys, trust your gut more. You know, stop stop relying on, you know, or confirmation out here. Or change your gut. Well, yeah, stop looking for people Actually, outside of you to validate you. If it feels right, yeah. move into that. Well, also, move too, into it. like, move your energy from your gut to your heart. Yeah, that's the big the, thing. The that's gut, meditation. Your gut is actually, because people say, listen to your gut. Your gut is giving you information based on your program. Oh, totally. But if you want to go beyond your program, you got to go into the heart. And that's the heart. Electromagnetic field is 5,000 times greater than the brain. That's it's huge. 5,000 times crazy greater. crazy when you say that. Yeah. So move your energy into your heart, and then that's what you want to listen to. Work on that. Because the gut is something that's only programmed. So if someone's coming out with me a gun, my gut, my gut says shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the program for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's the program. Yeah. You know? And, you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, how how do we do that through meditation? How do we move that energy from our lower energy centers up to the heart? Put your all right. So there's there's multitudes of different modalities, but it's basic, simple one that's been around for millennia. Is it simply when you're quiet in your mind, put your attention where the heart is, wherever your attention goes, there goes the energy. That's a physics solution. All right. There are ways of doing it. There's uh, ones where I actually bear down and I breathe in and and when I bear down, I actually slowly breathe up and I move the, uh, the spinal fluid up, my spinal column into it that helps up. But if you just sit quietly and gently and take a couple of deep breaths, relax, find your center, 
and then you actually just bring your attention to your heart. If you do it long enough, the energy will come there. It will move up into that field. It has to. Wherever you, wherever you give attention to, there goes the energy. That's it. Yeah. That's why, again, what field? Are you giving the field of peace or the field of fear? Mm-hmm. Wherever your attention goes, there goes your energy. There is only love and fear. Yeah. The thing is, I have minion over my energy. I'm staying in this uh, field of peace. Yeah, and you have the and, and you decide that. Yeah, decide it. Yeah, yeah. Thank right. you guys for joining us this week. Um, we uh, covered Dr. Bruce Lipton. Uh, check him out. Uh, we'll be back next week with a, a new, um, yeah, a, new a whole new uh, segment, teacher, yeah. a whole new segment. Yeah. Uh, we're excited for it. If you guys have any questions, um, go ahead and send us a message or email to um, perspectiveshift2020 at gmail dot com or comment below. But we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, peace out and peace in as well. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. All right.